like just like hearing stuff. But it was cool because they had a researcher there that was very serious. Like, hey, tell me about your routine when you shave yourself down there. And so people would say like, I'm always like taking my wife's razor or my girlfriend's razor to like shave down. And it was just crazy to hear this mm-hmm. and like everyone's giggling in the background. But it was cool to see people open up. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever researched? That's a tough question to answer. I don't know about the weirdest, but the thing that's been like top of mind right now is um, we're looking at like strollers and car seats and stuff for the baby that's going to come. But there's so many combinations. (laughs) It's like, it's really overwhelming. (laughs) We were just doing that this afternoon. So what's probably going to show up next is all my searches are going to be like, compare X versus Y. Like, um, tell me about why this is better. And, you know, and people always wonder, this is a side note. People always wonder, oh, how does uh, Instagram know that I'm looking for, like, how does Instagram know I need to buy a grill? Yeah, is it listening? Um, like, what's going and on? It, yeah, is it listening to what I'm saying? And the answer is no. It's just based on your, they can predict based on your your habits. So I'm, I'm very sure that I'm going to get stroller ads coming my way. Uh, today's show, we're talking about Dscout, a qualitative research platform. Yeah. And, and I think before we dive into this, I think just to set the stage for market research, Jeff, I wanted to ask you, have you done market research before? Most of my research is done internally because I work with a lot of internal teams, but not at the scale of like full blown, like outsized customer research. Got it. Yeah. I've had some interesting like experiences before. One of my first jobs was a temp job just as a typist when I was in Boston and Gillette is based out of Boston. And I was a typist for a market research study on male body shaving, which was incredible Nice, because it was like 10 blue collar Bostonian men in a room. And we were behind a, like a, a glass pane that was one way. So only the, they couldn't see us. What a job. You were a typist. So you just, you're basically like documenting what people were saying. Yeah. So I moved to Boston without a, a real job. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was basically part of a staffing agency to go find a job. And so uh-huh. the first go- job that they gave me was like, hey, like you have a high words per minute typing. So come be this typist. So I ended up behind this one pane glass uh, <laughs> at Gillette, huh. just listening to Mel Body Shaving. And it was so hilarious. Like all these like super burly guys talking about shaving their like private parts. And it was like, like I was with the entire marketing team of Gillette and they were I would all pay just to like- do that, Mike. I wouldn't, <laughs> you, you, got, you got paid to do that? It was like double dipping. Yeah, I would pay but money it was, to do that. It was totally wild, man. Like just like hearing stuff. But it was cool because they had a researcher there that was very serious. Like, hey, tell me about your routine when you shave yourself down there. And so people would say like, I'm always like taking my wife's razor or my girlfriend's razor to like shave down. And it was just crazy to hear this. Mm-hmm. And like everyone's giggling in the background. But it was cool to see people open up. And I think that's where the beauty of market when, research is. Uh, when this, was this? This was like 2013, 2012. Yeah, like, I, f- I feel like that market has really opened up. Like there's whole totally. lines of products specific, like Manscaped, whereas before it was a bit more taboo. And now there's like, it's its own uh, like category defining, basically. There's like, there's a whole companies that are have started just around this this idea, this concept. Like, oh, don't take your girlfriend's razor. You want the right tool for the right job. It's, I mean, it's still a razor. It's still the same thing. Yeah, but, you need um, a lawnmower for some people. But anyways, yeah. I wanted to, wanted to talk to you like my market research because it was just 
a hilarious experience. But yeah, we're talking today about DScout and DScout is a qualitative research tool that lets you quote, get in context research, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought I'd read this little blurb from their latest press release when DScout announced their recent funding round. But DScout is a leader in experience research, enabling the world's most innovative companies to unlock human insight at scale. We have a flexible remote research technology platform to allow organizations to handpick research participants, field multitude of moderated and unmoderated studies, accelerate analysis, and create impactful media-rich research deliverables. Lots of marketing jargon, but yeah. wanted to kind of cover all of the bases. Basically, like, what is DScout? It's a two-sided platform. So there's researchers and there's participants. So the participants are, quote, scouts, which is pretty cool. Um, and then a researcher is just someone you, you have like a research question is like, hey, do you like this new tool that I'm building or do you like this thing that I have? And so as a researcher, which is what I'll focus on for this, like, you know, talk through what DScout is, they have four different tools that they offer. So the first is recruit. The second is live. The third is diary. And the fourth is express. So recruit is basically, it's kind of cool. Like I looked at the tool via their demo and you can actually see all these baseball looking cards of basically people's faces saying like, hey, like this is like Jim, he's answered three questions. He's a good fit for your study. I thought it was really cool that you kind of filter through like who these people are in your study so you can understand if they're going to be a good fit for the data, a bad fit, or maybe a possible fit to help you kind of really hone down on your target, target segment to make sure that, you know, Sometimes when you ask these questions, you want to make sure that you're asking the right questions to the right people because you don't want to ask like, hey, you know, mom, do you want to buy this super fancy tech product when my mom's not tech savvy at all? She wants like the, the dumbed down version. So it's nice that they offer that recruiting section. The next one was live, which offers in-person, uh, sorry, I should say virtual in-person, but moderated one-on-one -on -one interviews where you can actually see a screen of your participant and have a one-on-one -on -one deep, you know, ask them questions as you're going through something. So imagine you're screen sharing for your latest, you know, making this up at your latest mobile app and you want to understand like, hey, like, can you find where the menu is? And the researcher will ask that question and then the scout will say, oh, I don't know where that is. Can you point it out? And so it, you get this like constant feedback loop there. Um, the third that they have is something called diary, which is a collection of moments across a period of time. So that comes in handy if you're going to do a, an extended study. So imagine if you have a new device that someone needs to work with and, and actually live and have a lot of soak time, you can have an extended two, three week. I actually don't know how far it goes out, but you can have an extended time frame when you're collecting these moments with, with people. And then the last feature that DScout offers is something called Express. So this is if you want super fast, iterative collection, maybe a lower, little bit lower fidelity. And <laughs> DScout quoted that you can get up to 200 to 500 participants in a single hour, which is pretty crazy for a fast turnaround. But the way that they frame the questions that they might ask in an express study is like, hey, show me how you organize your kitchen. It's something that someone could get a quick you know, feedback loop on and, and answer that. But yeah, Jeff, have you used DScout before? Yeah, I've actually used it a lot, which is, I think, why we um, proposed doing this episode. I've done, I think, all three of these on the user side. So the live, the diary, and the express. Yes. Um, I can't remember why... I, oh, I remember why I decided to do DScout. So somehow I found out that there was like a food testing research site by my house, which is like, if you're ever a college kid and you want to try to make a little <laughs> extra money, um, that's like the dream. I can't remember how we found out about it, but it was like, come taste food for 30 minutes or an hour, we'll pay you for a time. 
it's right by our Costco. So we would sometimes like go do sessions and take that money and go to Costco and it'd be like 40 or 50 bucks or sometimes huh. even more. Um, so then I was like, oh, there's probably other sites that do this sort of thing. And, you know, I can kind of do some of this in my free time and get gas money uh, or get extra spending money. And Dscout was one of the platforms that I found. Kind of like what you alluded to, you get paid depending on your commitment. So things like live, which is a 60 minute session, probably will net you like 60 bucks, maybe about a dollar a minute. Express is about five dollars um, because those are pretty quick. They probably take about a couple minutes. And then diary can depend because you might have multiple diary sessions. Like they might want to know, I think something like, how do you use Spotify over the course of two months? And they might ask you to check in every two weeks. And oh, so you're a uh, scout total. Jeff. Like you're, you're one yeah. of those baseball cards that are in the app. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And you can get paid a couple hundred bucks to do that. Sometimes it's even cooler. Huh. You'll get paid and you'll get product. So my wife had done a, um, a RoboVac study where they sent her both a Roomba and a, I think it was like a RoboRock and she wanted, they asked her to compare and they were like, oh, you get to keep the one that you want. I think she's also gotten like an iPad out of this. So there's actually some huh. really cool stuff that you can get from doing Dscout, especially if you've got like extra time on uh, the evenings or the weekends, or even if you just like have extra time in your day job, which I don't anymore, but um, you know, there was a time where I was a little less busy and I was like, oh, this would be fun to just kind of like apply for as many of these things as possible. And if you get selected, it's actually a really good gig, um, to just make a little bit of extra cash. Oh, that's awesome. And it's a perfect segue into the business model. So as I said, it's a two-sided platform. So Jeff, the baseball card of D scout <laughs> is getting paid, you know, it sounds like up to 60 bucks an hour on the other side of the model. Uh, it wasn't clear to me on the, the pricing. If you're a researcher asking these questions, <clears throat> mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense because it's going to be super custom because no, it's not a one size fits all experience for for any kind of research. So I, it makes sense yeah. for how it's going to be a little bit different, but they did offer two different types. They offered subscription-based model for recurring customers. If you're going to continually do research all the way to trials for more of the one-time needs, but looking at their subscription, they had three different tiers. The first being a single seat they call a researcher that you get 30 hours of support the next level was a five seat, 60 support hours called team. And the last was a 15 seat, 90 support hours for, for enterprise, which, which makes sense. Like, you know, I've interacted a ton with my research team at work and we don't use Dscout on my specific team. I'm sure someone at my company uses Dscout. So it makes sense though, to get those support hours. Like I'm always asking questions to the, my research team or the support team to say, Hey, like does this research question make sense? And someone that has spent their entire career in market research, they're really good at helping you actually ask the right questions. Because I feel like it's going to be garbage in, garbage out for any survey or any kind of market research. So getting that support is super, super key. But that's that's the business model in a nutshell. And DScout takes a, you know, a cut off the top from what the researchers are, are paying after they, after they pay the Jeff Lees of the world. <laughs> yeah, and they probably pay like one you know, it's probably like a custom rate for an enterprise deal. So I think that probably makes the pricing vary as well um, on the on the researcher side. There's not a lot on the history of the product, but I'll kind of talk about what I found. So originally it was founded in 2011 by Michael Winnick, and it's based out of Chicago. I kind of wanted to mention that because I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Chicago-based companies in our show. Maybe we just haven't explicitly called it out, but, you know, obviously like most of our the tech products are founded in Silicon Valley or in LA or in New York. It's pretty rare that you get like a Midwestern city that pops up here. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I think oftentimes yeah. you hear people say that 
oh, like there's upcoming tech hubs in the middle of the country. So Chicago, Austin, you Buffalo, know, Denver, bit places like middle of the country, Mike, middle of the country. <laughs> it's it's kind of middle of the know, country. I don't know if Buffalo is the center of your world, but... <laughs> <laughs> It, it, I think it counts, but actually, like one anecdote about Chicago, like that actually makes a lot of sense to me for market research for two reasons: a, it's a central hub physically in mm-hmm. the U.S., so there's lots of people that travel directly to like O'Hare and like name your airport that's there midway. And the second is uh, when I did my last in-person research study last October, we actually went to Chicago specifically because hmm. it has one of the best representations of like an average yeah, cross section of people. Yeah. 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 Like the cross section of people would also just like it kind of hits like the average someone that makes like $80,000 a year to $120,000 a year in Chicago can probably actually be a homeowner because it's still like a big enough metropolitan. Um, Mm -hmm. But also it doesn't have this crazy high cost of living. So it's it's almost a sweet spot for big city centrally located and a really good customer base that you can pull from because it has the upper tier people that you need to ask all the way to like the salt of the earth folks that are um, working the blue collar job. So super interesting that it's based out of Chicago. But now that I think about it, it's it's not super surprising. I guess the counter to that is like all of their research is done online. Like their platform is purely remote. So I, I guess like they didn't have to choose Chicago. I don't know if there was any other reason why they chose Chicago other than maybe that's where Michael Winnick was at the time. Totally. Um, but I think well, still, maybe, like, that's, maybe that's what it was is he was like, you know, I'm guessing here because I, I don't know Michael wouldn't get all but maybe yeah. he was like a former researcher, even as he's building out this company, like you want to be able to have your support staff, at least nearby to answer these questions and research. So maybe there's I'm making this up. I don't actually know. Our listeners can ask us if the, or correct us if there's actually a, a market research hub in, in Chicago of strong talent there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, prior to Dscout, though, Winnick had founded a consulting firm called Gravity Tank, and he actually left that company to become a researcher and launch Dscout. When I read this factoid, I wasn't sure if he meant like I'm now a researcher because I own this company, or had, or that he spent some time as a researcher in practice before realizing that there was a need and then launched Dscout. Per their website, they partnered with several companies like Google, Headspace, United, Salesforce, Sperry, and Sonos. So. You're seeing a lot of companies tap into using Dscout. It's definitely a platform that has a pretty large uh, outsized reach. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, I, I love like the product marketing teams for companies like Dscout that pull in really good case studies. Like they had one for TurboTax uh, on Dscout's website. So it was cool to see, you know, it was basically, hey, like watch someone from TurboTax get like really fast, like a principal designer or principal researcher find really fast results using using our tool. So I appreciate that just putting my product marketer hat on, but also it's also much easier to explain when someone else is explaining it. It's not just like the company Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, this is what we do, but it's like, Hey, you know, this is how I, the company person solved our company specific problem, but we can talk about who D scout is for. So as I mentioned, you know, I, I did that Gillette study, which was a blast, a ton of fun, but Market research is super prevalent. I don't even actually know like when it, market research is like as a field study, but I, I point back to the fifties just because I rewatched Mad Men recently, and they <laughs> they actually brought some customers in, and there's some cool anecdotes in the show where they bring in like a makeup panel or a makeup company wants to like understand which makeup color to sell women and how to market it to people, so they bring like ten women in to to test out this, and everyone's like writing all the all the notes down and it's definitely evolved since then, but it's, it's definitely a, a massive industry in the U S according to Statista. It's about 
$28.5 billion that are spent annually in the U.S. every year just on market research. It's growing at like 2 to 3% per year, which makes sense to me where it's you're not going to have this massive spike in need for market research. And so it, it makes sense that it would grow roughly at like the pace of the, the U.S. economy. But in terms of like the specific person that DScout is for, I think on the, the one end, you have like the Jeff Lees of the world where you want to be a scout and earn some extra cash. And then on the other side of things, you have people actually using the tool. So this could be product marketers. It could be actually a market researcher within a company, or maybe you're just a startup that wants to say, hey, like I have this new user experience. Like I want to get some feedback for, from it and not just from folks on Facebook, but I actually want to get in a room with someone and get their anecdotal like feedback and say, hey, like, do you like this experience or not? But I think that's always a great way to just raise the bar for whatever product you're designing to make sure that you as the expert are always just looking at this thing. And you know, what, what's the saying, Jeff? Like, don't miss the forest for the trees. I, I don't know. There's always too many sayings out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, anyways, market research is just a really good way to like pull yourself out and say, hey, I'm going to like just ask questions and listen to someone else. I think that's the whole part about market research is listen to what your audience is, is saying. Yeah. And then shifting gears into the competitors, there's definitely some folks in this like user testing space. But I think Dscout is definitely one of the largest ones. The other one that comes to mind, I was looking through our episode list to see if we've actually done this, is user testing. Uh, user testing is also a really, really big platform. I'll say the main difference here is that I haven't seen like the diaries version of, uh, I guess, like a mission is what they call it in, in Dscout. Like I haven't seen a diaries mission equivalent in, in user testing. Usually you get like the quick surveys that qualify you for a user testing session and then they record you going through like a website and your thoughts. Um, and then conversely, you can also have a live session where they ask you questions and they go through it um, through the site with you live. So like a 30 or a 60 minute session. So I think that's probably like the co closest equivalent. There's also ones like user zoom and sprig and Mike, there's one that you just added here. You want to chat about this, this last one? Yeah, I know I've recently used PicFu, and it, it's, it's mm -hmm. more of like, it's like kind of like it feels like more quantitative where you can just ask a survey and get a bunch of response yeah. backs. You be, you basically like give them like a visual prompt and you can like say, do you want this or that or A or B? And they say, oh, I like this version better and kind of give mm -hmm. you really rapid feedback. But I, I've used PicFu recently and, and definitely enjoyed that tool as well. I've also used user, user testing and it was a super small study, I guess. Like it was like I think I had like 15 respondents, but I was asking mm -hmm. them to do a task. And so it was like four to five minute videos per person. So it was lots of like, you know, fast forwarding and then looking through the transcript and pulling out anecdotes. But that was like so helpful for me to just understand the pain points. It was like I was asking yeah. them to do something like a basically like 50 step process. And so I wanted to with that, the reason why I was using user testing was to identify where did most people get tripped up. And it turned mm -hmm. out it was like actually in the beginning, it was like, hey, we don't understand what the heck this even means. So that was like the yeah. aha moment for me to say, oh, I need to just put a picture on what I'm designing and make sure it's stupid easy for folks to use. But yeah, the ton, tons of value here with, with all these tools. Yeah. And then there's a couple of other ones I wanted to call out. I wouldn't explicitly call them like market research or user research tools, but any sort of survey generation tool like SurveyMonkey or Qualtrics where you can just ask people questions or gather some data. I think the difference is that this is specifically curtailed to understanding how you maybe walk through a product or use a product or kind of how you understand a product. 
So that's kind of like the biggest difference between the competitors that we've listed, including dscout, compared to like just a more generic survey tool that could be used for other use cases. Cool. Let's jump into our thoughts. I'm happy to start. I have obviously benefited from using dscout as a scout. <laughs> and I think it's a really cool idea. I really like that, uh, at least on the scout side, I can go in, I'm able to quickly read about opportunities and pick the ones that I think might be interesting to me. If one of them was like, hey, we want to I don't know, track how you eat for the next three weeks. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Then I can just like ignore that particular mission and that's that's fine. But And it also kind of tells you what you're going to get out of it. Oh, this study is going to pay you $200 for uh, a couple missions over two weeks, for example. Um, so I think that's really good. It's a very clear value proposition for users. It's really easy to get started. Um, they look for all sorts of demographics. So it's not like it's, you know, like pre-qualifies you for one particular person or another. So all that stuff is, is really awesome. And I maybe just because I'm a product person, I like being on the other side where I get to like, as someone who already thinks about these experiences, these products, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what researchers are kind of looking for because there's probably another PM sitting with that researcher anyways, trying to understand what people are doing. Totally. Like for every Jeff, there's also like a mic on the other side that's creating these surveys or like creating these experiences. So I feel like I try to give pretty rich information and that helped me get more missions like in my application videos. So that was that part was like pretty fun to do. I think if I were to give Dscout a score overall, I'd give it like a three point six, just because like it, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like I think in your spare time, like what better is there to do than earn a little bit of extra side cash by like sometimes it's doing something you would already do anyways, like listen to Spotify, or create playlists, or or just like get a Roomba to vacuum your house and you're just watching it, right? <laughs> so you might need to be a little bit more intentional, but at the same time, like you're getting paid for stuff that you're usually enjoying doing anyways. Sorry. And I realized I said 3.6. Um, I, I meant to say like 4.6. Oh, wow. Jeff, I, I honest to God, I'm scanning. I think that might be your highest score ever. Yeah, that might be my highest. Uh, so uh, if anyone from the D-Scout team is listening, this is a new... Jeff give me Lee more missions. Explained records. Yeah, give <laughs> Jeff Lee more missions. He is highly motivated. Dude, that's awesome. That that's huge. I I think um, my main drawback is that like I don't know how the algorithm works in terms of selection. So I stopped doing Dscout for a long time, and then recently I was like, oh, I'll check it out again, see what's changed. And I've been applying for a couple missions and haven't really gotten anything. Whereas like my wife has like has gotten like maybe five x as many opportunities as me maybe just because there's less women in the research field anyways and they're right. always looking for like women's opinions um which is which is great i think i'm just like i want to do more but Jeff like, Lee I'm, wants to get I'm paid. willing to <laughs> yeah i'm willing to get paid i'm willing to answer these questions but maybe maybe they realize that i'm a bit more biased and they don't want me to like get overexposed to the world of of research anyway <laughs> so that's probably part of it or maybe they know that you give super detailed feedback and you're a product person and they're like man yeah. he's we don't He's need, tainting yeah, this data. Yeah, exactly. So we have enough yeah. product managers on our side. I need to uh, act dumb. Things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will give Scout a lower score only because I haven't used the product before, but our minimum bar for using it is, or wanting to use the product is four stars. So I'm going to give Scout a flat four stars. I'm really excited about this. And Jeff, you actually told, sold me on being a scout. I had... I feel like you have a ton of like money making missions outside of Dscout. I feel like there's Fiverr and all sorts of things like that Jeff Lee is, is doing I'm at any given time. Them. I get bored and then I shuffle them around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like they all center around Costco for some reason, man. Like, I don't know, like if it's 
I think usually the, people think about like extra beer money, but now that I'm a little older, it's like become like it was gas money, but then I bought an EV, so now it's Costco money. So it's all <laughs> the same thing, just extra spending money. So hear that, D Scout. Jeff Lee needs to be funded to fund his 48 pack of gummy bears. Like yes. someone's got to pay for those. <laughs> but yeah, four, four stars flat for me. Like I, I guess like I'm not going to go higher or lower just because I don't know enough about the platform. But I'm I'm super excited about this tool and just. This the idea that you can get rapid feedback. I'm, I'm thinking about this from like the researcher lens of like being able to get that quick feedback and also diving deep if you need to as well is is a super powerful tool to to have as you're designing products and and making stuff. But cool, those are our thoughts on D Scout. This was this was fun, a little bit close to work for me, and wanted to go deeper on my Gillette story. But anyways, we, we love to hear from our audience, so we really appreciate all the Instagram messages that we've been getting from everyone and all the engagement and asking us to do new episodes. And we have a quite the backlog of episodes. So if you have episodes that you'd like us to do, and also if you have people that you want us to interview in season two, we'll be bringing on some folks to the podcast to, that are experts in products. So please reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, one other note on the Instagram thing, I've seen our kind of our Instagram followers tick up a little bit. We don't have, we're not like a huge, uh, a huge page or anything, but it's <laughs> awesome to see people just finding our um, show, subscribing, following along for for future episodes. So it's really awesome from our perspective. It's it feels really rewarding to see you guys uh, interested in what we're offering. So uh, of course, if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite po- podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.